And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premier podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. We got a special episode for you today. I sat down with comedian Luke Monez to talk about his uh, new album coming out courtesy on of Blonde Machine Medicine. Excuse me, Blonde Medicine. Uh, it'll be out f- uh, today, actually. April 20... Oh, wait. When, when is this going to go up? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. <laughs> Let's say this goes up April... It is April 17th, to be fair for fair warning. Let's say it goes up April 19th. All right. Two days. <laughs> April 21st. Happening in my head. This is uh, his his debut stand-up album. Uh, it's a, it, it gives a peek into his psyche to the delight of of a packed house in Brooklyn during the New York Comedy Festival. Uh, I talked to, I spoke to Luke about this album as well as, uh, quite frankly, the the, re, the one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to him was because he made me laugh for uh, the, the tweet, I believe, that is pinned to his profile, uh, if you still go to Twitter. Uh, God, God bless you if you still do. But I don't. But, but I had to go look up his information. Anyway, so he, he uh, there was a, there's a tweet about being uh, the the boyfriend who has to talk to another boyfriend. It's a video. It's a video. So it's a boyfriend who has to talk to the other boyfriend of two girls who know each other as they stop the chat each with each other on the street. It's a very funny tweet. I, I liked it so much that when I saw the press release uh, after the fact, I went to go look up his name and I said, this is the person I want to talk to. Very long-winded way of saying <laughs> Luke is a joy. We had a very just – Frank conversation. I'm making eye contact. I'm, I'm so. <laughs> let me let me give you another behind the scenes look. Uh, I I have the the camera on because I'm about to record another show, and um, I have uh, the I'm just looking dead at the camera as if I'm recording currently right now. I'm not recording video. I'm just recording audio because this is the uh, audio person. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> anyway, Luke Luke Monez happening in my head. Blonde medicine. April twenty first. It's uh, it's a it's uh, just uh, I have not I've not heard it, but he's a very funny comedian. You can see a lot of his stuff uh, on YouTube. He's appeared on uh, Conan. He's done the CW's Great American Joke Off, which I believe is a show that runs on Friday nights um, on uh, the CW. Of course, he was the host of the Breakdown on a, a weekly show on uh, from CBS. Uh, based on behind the scenes of an inside edition. He did a digital series for Comedy Central called Genies. Uh, and yeah, he's just, he's a very funny guy. He's, he's done, he's done, he was part of Netflix's first introducing showcase, which is a very cool thing to say. Like, hey, I was a part of this showcase for uh, Netflix, which is like a huge thing. Like how many people, I know Netflix throws out specials all the time, but they're still supporting comedians, uh, left it like even even lesser known comedians and and younger comedians in Luke's case, and uh, it, it's great to see them doing that. And uh, quite frankly, it's uh, very cool. Any hoosers? Anyway, you can listen to this interview where I talk to the guy about 
just all things comedy. Very frank discussion about comedy and, and, and things of that nature. And we have fun. We make jokes. And he's and he also, also, I want to mention this. He's a very smart person. I, I, I can't believe. Like, yes, yes. Sometimes I talk to people and, uh, and, we, and we just have a nice time. But I got to say, Luke is very smart. We, we were, he, he has some really good insights into the world of comedy. Uh, so that that was nice to hear. You can follow. You can go to Luke's website, l e l u k e m o n e s dot com. Follow him on Twitter at Luke Mones, Instagram at Luke Mones. God, I I genuinely I've been trying to avoid saying his last name. Uh, I really hope I've been saying it correctly. <laughs> Instagram at Luke Mones, TikTok Luke Mones, just everywhere. Uh, and then YouTube, Facebook. Uh, on YouTube, it's Luke Mones Comedy. Uh, again, he's a very funny person, and I hope you check out the rest of this interview <laughs> and if you want to see a video version of uh, this interview head to uh, uh, youtube.com slash c plus comedy where you can watch it under our, the show called the interviews and if you want to see a video version of the other podcasts including late night lately the late late night show show as well as the constitutionals as well as uh, uh, linkedin logs YouTube.com slash C plus comedy. And you can see our premiere news show, News Time. It's like the daily show, except way, way worse. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at C plus comedy. Follow me at Chad Black White. Uh, uh, tell your friends about this and enjoy the interview with Luke Moniz. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, truth be told, I saw uh, one tweet from you and i just needed i needed to talk to you and it was the um what was the, the two boyfriends the two boyfriends talking on the street while the girlfriends are talking that is like it's such a funny idea like i, I can't believe that that even exists as a as a joke so i, I loved it <laughs> thank you yeah it's based on years of experience of me being uh I wish I could say I was the person behind the camera, but unfortunately, it's just years of experience of me being the guy, me being the uh, other boyfriend who you get stuck talking to. So that, yeah, thanks. That was, I was not expecting that video to, to resonate with people, but I guess it, 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 it did. So thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, uh, if you, if you if, being in that situation period with just anybody, regardless of you're dating somebody, you're just someone's friend there with someone else's friend who you don't know, like Jesus Christ, it, it is, it is so, uh, I don't have anxiety, but that, that gives me the worst feelings in the world. Totally. Yeah. I mean, uh, I made those videos, uh, that's kind of series of awkward guy videos with my friend, uh, Brendan Sagala, who's a comic out in New York. And, uh, it just kind of started where the, the first one we made was the, when you run into, uh, the guy who your girlfriend used to date mm. and, uh, it's sort of a similar conversation of like, what do we talk about? And then the guy who gets to your party too early. And so what we realized after a while is, oh, God, this is just all different uh, situations with the same guy who happens to be me where I'm just trying to think of things to say. And they get weirder and weirder because I uh, don't know how to have a conversation in that situation. So I end up being like, what's your favorite kind of weather or whatever? <laughs> Well, I mean, now that you're a a, a touring stand-up comedian, surely you can you have enough uh, I don't know charisma to to just lead a conversation at this point. 
Yeah, no, that's that's true, but uh it's it's easier with the um uh, with the microphone and everybody sitting down and facing you and uh you know, I I I will say I I've certainly gotten better at it, but uh I I can never forget my uh <laughs> I can never forget my beginnings as somebody who could not carry a conversation and that informs a lot of my comedy today. Yeah, yeah, I you know what I see it. I've I've seen a lot of uh, what you've what all the stuff that was available on YouTube and uh it's very yeah. it's very reminiscent of of Conan. You know, I I like I think of mm. if I have to relate you to somebody cuz apparently we have to compare everybody to everybody else. Uh you're very reminiscent of Conan in that you're just this tall guy with uh, a lot of uh self-deprecating satire and it it I think it all works. You know, and uh, there's there's a kind of uh, swagger about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, just in, in general, you. I think it all I think it all just kind of fits together. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, he's obviously a comedic sort of North Star for so many comics. And uh, I like the you know, I, I think he has a kind of not just being tall, but he also has like a sort of a silliness and a goofiness at a core at his core while also kind of having uh sharp incisive kind of observations that yeah i think he's definitely it's so funny you know like you said everybody has to get compared now and of course i'm very uh grateful and and humble that you would compare me to someone like him but i do think it's interesting too with with comics like oftentimes i don't I it's I don't think about who because you try so hard to, um, you know, carve your own voice and sort of mine your own creative well of like thoughts and observations and like and, you know, building and that sense of humor. And like it takes a long time, but you sort of try to hone that original thing that you forget until you sort of look around like, oh, wow, like it's almost like a music where it's like, Oh, this sound definitely like yeah. informs the, the way I uh, like to, you know, write songs or whatever the music metaphor is, you know, like yeah. I, I think that um, it's so many different types of comics, like who it, I, I watch them and like, I, I can see, Oh yeah. Like this person, like I watched this person as a kid and like, this is definitely like super informative of my uh, sense of humor now and the way I like to do stand up now or, or make right. skits. And um, yeah, it's like even like the, the boyfriend video, for example, like that's a different style of joke and a different style of comedy. But I still think it comes from that same place of, like you said, self-deprecating, but also trying to be, you know, sharp and extremely goofy. Yeah. And you know what I mean, and and that's it, it's it's like the going back to the musician analogy. Somebody yeah. being able to to ape what what's been done before it's a it's a blessing and a curse. There's positive negatives to it. It's like uh, the band Greta Van Fleet. They sound like Van Halen, and then yes. they re they refuse to acknowledge it. And just like right. like dude, just just like you sound like him. It's good. Like it's fine. It's whatever. I mean, people totally. still love that. Like I I still have I have a, a Sirius XM. And uh, one of the channels that I have uh, saved is Classic Rewind. And of course, I'm yeah. going to enjoy whatever classic rock 
like comes up on there because sure. it's all the same. Like we're still kind of hearing it today. And I mean, like just acknowledge it that, that, you know, like, uh, like Greta Van Fleet said, so should just acknowledge that they're doing it like you have. And, 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 and if they, and if they can make it sound like it's their own, then make it sound like it's their own. Totally. I, I think that it's tricky with comp. I was actually just having this conversation with someone last week about the sort of nuance of, uh, creating your own sound with like comedy versus music because like uh sort of to your point like so much of you can really hear like in a band like that like their sound influenced by bands before them and to a further extent when like an artist samples a song from another artist or takes a riff from another artist there's like an understanding in music that that's like um part of it and it's sort of part of the um part of the art form is like sharing sounds and building music together and with comedy as you know it's like this different sort of thing where there is this like you know joke stealing is so frowned upon and is something that every comic i know you know makes an effort to you know but when i'm like running bits by my comedian friends the first thing i say oftentimes is not is this funny it's does anybody have this yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like I'm I'm taking painstaking effort to like do my own sound, so to speak. But yeah, like it's so weird because I'm also it's it's like you gotta hold two things at once. One is like trying to have your own original sound, and the other is yeah, like being uh, mindful of the fact that you are your comedic forebears you know you are kind of like a product of the people who you watched and listened to as a as a kid so it's a it's a it's a weird balance and that's what makes comedy so fun that you can like you know without stealing a a joke or a you know style directly it's like you can kind of create your own form that's so uniquely you while you know being influenced by those who came before you Right. Like, I, I can't I can't tell you how many times I've sat down to write like a sketch idea or a joke idea down and then uh, only for it, you know, two weeks later or two, even two years later to be done on late night or to be done on SNL or someone does it on Twitter. Course. And I go, all right, well, there's there's that or like or like how many times have like you watch I watch a lot of late night. So you'll see I'll watch a monologue probably tonight about Trump's arraignment. And right. and they'll and like Jimmy Fallon will probably say the same thing as Seth Meyers will probably say the same thing as Stephen Colbert. Like it's it's all going to it's it, you know, it's it, it all it all falls down on itself. Of course, you know, I uh, I think there's only so especially with the news, by the way, there's only so many like observations we we can make and we can have. But so true sketch ideas and now with the proliferation of uh video content with tiktok and instagram reels and you know we're firing off so much stuff all the time that of course there's going to be overlap and so gosh talk about another sort of unique understanding of having to hold two thoughts at once which is like people can have parallel thinking and that people can come up with the same idea months or years apart and you know the intent is kind of what matters of like what clearly this 
you know, the, these shows are not stealing from each other. In fact, interestingly, I remember talking to someone who used to work at the Daily Show back in the pre, um, back in the the last years, I think, of Stewart when Colbert was still there. And because Stuart, I think I want to say also produced the Colbert report, there was a lot of like talk between the shows throughout the day. There was like at least a dialogue maintained. And so sometimes they would like people who worked there would like share the takes and share some of the jokes and topics that they were going to cover that night because they were churning out stuff so much so that they wouldn't overlap because I guess that would be sort of a direct conflict because they were on the same channel right after each other. Yeah. Wow. That's, I like, I like that a lot. I like to imagine, you know, uh, John Stewart coming from downstairs and then like sitting down with Colbert. (laughs) Yeah. That that's that's very funny. I could I couldn't imagine that happening now. Like as if uh, something that was going to happen in Thirty Rock or anything. That's a totally that's a very good idea. That's yeah. I think that was, and I I want I don't know for sure, but I, I I think that was like kind of unique in the scope of late night and stuff. That but yeah, it's true. It is funny to imagine like a big red phone on Colbert's desk that he answered in that character, and they talked about what their what the jokes were going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 that's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, comedy, comedy is, um, it's hard to grasp, but, but when, when someone does it well, I yeah. really like to go along with it. Um, mm-hmm. like, like for you, when did, when did you decide, when did, like, when you, when you started doing comedy and, yeah. and, and you weren't comfortable on stage, when did that mm. switch happen? When did you, uh, this, like, finally feel as if you belonged on the the big hardwood floors that are stages sure gosh you know i did stand up for like a year and didn't tell anyone oh wow in my family not maybe i I probably I, i would say i did stand up for almost a year and didn't tell any friends or family. And then when I was probably close to a year in, like nine months or so in, I finally like got the courage to tell my family and friends and like post about it on Facebook. And so I was a senior in college. And I think, I don't know, for whatever reason, like I didn't feel, I was like, until I think I'm like, good at this or until I feel like this is something I really can do. I I don't even want anyone to know what's happening. I want to be existing in a complete void. And um, I would say probably around that time of like just getting my sea legs and I was started comedy in New York and did a bunch of like open mics every day. And so until I kind of got the hang of that, that's when I knew like, okay, I I, want to give this a shot. I really want to, I really love doing this and I want to, see how it plays out i don't think i was good at it until gosh well i don't know a month ago or something i don't know <laughs> not even now god i don't know but i don't think i was like confident in my ability until much later on i mean this is a weird thing of like starting out and stand up in a place like new york or frankly any place where it's like you really do have to have like a certain level of delusion or inflated uh, sense of yourself, I guess, because I was not doing shows, but I was like going to open mics and then going and watching shows where like the best comics in the country were like 
doing sets and like i was like they were just doing like an entirely different thing for me and in many cases they still are doing an entirely different thing for me but um <laughs> but like yeah you had i had to be like okay just you know keep putting your head down and and writing and performing and getting comfortable on stage and um uh, you but but also at the same time you suck and that's okay <laughs> you know like so i i think it's a there was a it's a, it's a multi-step process that yeah you know feeling like you feeling like you belong but also knowing that uh you're not there yet yeah I, I get that. I understand. Like, I, I think back to, I started this uh, website, you know, in, in 20, what year is it? 2023? Yeah. So 10 years ago in August, mm -hmm. I, I will started the website and I didn't start interviewing people until a year later when I was just offered off the, you know, off of just a chance, somebody who I, who I vaguely knew. And then uh, I, I feel bad because the first I guess two years I was, or two or three, I would even say four years. I was just yeah. like not good at it, but I just kept getting people. And then I eventually started getting better and better until now I can just, you know, have a conversation for 30 minutes and it works totally. out and it, and it's totally. done well. It's like, to me with your, with your, uh, 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 like thing of, of hiding that you've been doing it for nine months. And then my <laughs> thing of, uh, of like not, really telling also i'd never told people about it for like a year or change um, we're very similar yeah yeah i mean it's <laughs> it, it makes me feel like we are the person who like 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 lost a ton of weight for like for months and months <laughs> on end and then yeah when summer hit we took off our shirt at the beach and everybody's like whoa look at that dude over there. <laughs> he's pretty look at, he's, he looks good really sexy yeah As people talk like that uh, yeah it's, it's, like that like that's just how it feels and you know, yeah and, and like you said i i think it's a learning thing every single day like no matter how good like someone gets at something there's always that chance of uh, like of a messing up, but B being better after the fact, like last week, totally. I showed up late to an interview with a character actor. And, uh, -huh. uh, I, like, I, I had, like, I knew it was happening, but I was 30 minutes off. I show up late and I'm just apologizing. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's, uh, it was an accident. And he's like, no, man, it's cool. He's like, and, but I only had like, I, I scheduled 20 minutes and now I only have 17 with him. And I'm just mm. like profusely apologizing for two minutes. It yeah. was just—it was the worst, but I learned from it, and and we had a good talk, and 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 now I'm here, and uh, I've I've gotten an inch better at everything. That's a great, that's a very uh, good perspective to have. Yeah, I mean, we 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 can learn from every experience, and it's nice to hear that you and I are in the same boat that we began in that uh, forced anonymity that we gave ourselves, and not wanting to tell people that we were uh, following this passion that we have. And, um, you know, I have this, I have this like theory that I think a lot of, I think that comedians, like I, 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 this isn't true across the board and it's not a, you know, it's not a hard and fast rule, but I think generally I've observed that like comedians either begin by, t by stand up comedy, by, telling every single person they know that they're going to do their first show and inviting like 500 people and, you know, making it a big, basically like coronation party, or they're do like what we did of like 
living in basically shame and hiding in the <laughs> shadows and like growing in the mud, like uh, in, in into their own creature and then being like opening the door two inches and being like, okay, I'm ready to be a comedian now. Like yeah. that tends to be the people I gravitate towards. I certainly have a lot of friends in the first group, but uh, I think the, I think the, uh, you know, the, I, I, I guess I gravitate towards those who, who grow. I don't know that sounds so bleak, but I was going to say grow in shame, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it really does feel like that. Those are the two type of personalities for, for like creative people of like, yeah, I'm check this out. I'm about to do stand up for the first time and I'm going to do 20 minutes, even though I've never been on stage before versus me being like, I'm going to do 30 seconds at an open mic and, uh, then go you know live you know in the in the darkness and think about what how how bad it was for two weeks or whatever yeah. you know i i don't i haven't done uh, a lot of stand-up but mm -hmm. i i remember my very first time was at something called like the potato shack or the spud house or something like that i'm in atlanta well, so it was okay uh, I, I lived in um uh in the suburbs prior to moving to the city uh, at my mom's house and uh and my friend was supposed to do his stand-up set and uh -huh. so he he was one of those people invited all these people and and we all showed up for him and then he got in trouble he was a college student who was on break and he got in trouble at, at his parents house and they wouldn't allow him like to borrow a car so it's like it, it was me and like this table oh, full of people God. that came and then everyone else and it's the suburbs so obviously there are people there and they were you know drunk on a Friday or Thursday or whatever. Sure. And they said, uh, I remember the host is like, well, can someone come take a spot? Cause they, they needed the five minutes to fill. And, Ooh. and I, and I, and there people were like pushing me on the shoulder and I went, okay, Ooh. I guess I'll go. And I had nothing prepared. And all I did was like oh. make fun of my friends. And there was a drunk bachelorette party that was laughing at everything else. But when they, when it got, when it came to me, silent. They didn't even oh. me. They didn't like. They didn't say anything. And then I sat down, but everybody like still had the little golf claps, and mm. it was so so bad, so piss poor. And, uh, and yeah, I, I think about that every so often, and it really it really <laughs> sticks in my brain. Whereas like just, it really humbles me whenever I'm yeah. feeling like really good about myself. Like yeah, man, I had a really great interview with you know Maria Bamford, and then all yeah. of a sudden I think about that and I go ah shit, like I was. <laughs> yeah like the it's good to have a it's funny like your it's like your origin it's like your superhero origin story or something yeah. you know you're like i the first time i did comedy was for a bachelorette party that didn't like me like <sighs> i can't think of a tougher a tougher start but like you said earlier it's like we're oftentimes we're we're better off for experiences like that you know mm -hmm. exactly uh, now this this is your first album happening in my head. Yes. Where, where did this uh, where did this come from? What what was it? What was the decision to finally you know take that first step and record your first record? Yeah, you know, coming out of the uh, pandemic, uh, I was doing a lot of stand up the last few years, and I was ready to. I, there's this, you know, I guess hour and change that I've been doing for I guess if you include 2000 like 2019 18 through now that like 
I had never like put out before. And it, it felt like, you know, I'd done a couple of those um, comedy central sets that were on mm -hmm. YouTube. And um, so I had some like work out there and, you know, increasingly now, as you know, there's so much more push to like get all your stand up out there with clips and everything like that. Um, and so I was like, you know, for the longest time I wanted to do an album. That's how I got into stand up initially. It was like listening to comedy albums on like iTunes and uh, Pandora. And I like taking in stand up comedy that way. And, you know, it felt like it was either, you know, do this or, or try to like film like a special, which I still would like love to do uh, soon mm -hmm. with my next hour. And, you know, it, 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 it feels like the kind of uh, the next step in like this career of just being able to put together an hour of material and then begin the cycle of putting it aside and beginning anew. And I love the feeling of, doing new stuff and, you know, pushing stuff to the top and then setting it away and, you know, having material that I feel I'm ready to like uh, share and put out there. So yeah, it just felt like this was kind of uh, the time. It was always something, you know, for the last couple of years, even right before the pandemic, when stand-up kind of stopped, it was like something I had wanted to get ready for that was kind of in the back of my mind. Like in 2019, I was like, yeah, sometime in 2020, I'd like to do an album maybe in the fall. And then obviously that didn't happen. So, right. um, yeah, it just felt like, yeah, something I always wanted to do. And it was cool, really cool to work with uh, the label blonde medicine and to be able to record it at the New York comedy festival. It was just like a awesome experience. So, yeah. What now that is that was that your first festival? Because uh, that that seems like such a huge stage to to record something so monumental in your own career. I I don't I like what what was what is what is it like what is it like doing comedy at a festival uh, when those people might not necessarily be there for you, but just for comedy in general. Totally, yeah. I I I had done a bunch of not a bunch, but I had done several shows in the past, like mostly by virtue of starting comedy in New York and just kind of being around at the New York comedy festival. But this was the first time I ever had done like a headliner show there or at any festival period. And so, you know, I just looked at it more like, okay, I've been doing my hour all year in a bunch of different places around the country. And this is just another night where I'm recording, where I'm doing two shows and I happen to be recording them. And, it's kind of, I, I, like I said, I started there. And so it kind of felt like a home game to a certain extent. And I felt really comfortable. And um, the bigness of the festival wasn't something that I felt as like a intimidation factor. It was more just like a, this will make it more, more fun and kind of imbue it with a more exciting energy. So, you know, I, I was grateful to have the recording at the festival because it made it kind of feel, you know, more special and like more of an event. But um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I, I, I don't, I, I wasn't like it. 
I guess I wasn't feeling it like super acutely on stage because I was just treating it like a like another show, you know. Mm -hmm. But you, but you recognize now, like, do you recognize now that I was I was at the Brooklyn the New York Comedy Festival? Yeah, I was okay. Totally, no, definitely, and I'm I'm very very grateful to to be a part of it and to have my album recording be like tied to it and um yeah i mean i think it was just a super cool experience that i would not have uh you know predicted or seen coming a few years ago so it's yeah yeah it's, it's it was it was definitely really exciting and to have people come out to both shows and to you know not have any not have anybody you know scream and interrupt the recording and to not have me slip on a banana peel on the way up to the stage it uh felt good <laughs> can you imagine getting that old tex avery type of like joke yes happening to you? <laughs> <laughs> oh i i it's it's it lives in my mind every day i'm like yeah. oh my god someone's gonna yeah some there's gonna be some big slapstick moment that's gonna derail the show tonight you know yeah, someone's uh, throwing like people start throwing tomatoes like you're an old Bill <laughs> set. A giant, a giant hook comes out and like throws yeah. you off. Yeah, that's my dream. I always have wanted it to be just a giant. I always wanted a giant hook to come take me off the stage. I'm a big guy, so we're gonna yeah. need a big hook. That's in my rider. Yeah, exactly, the, the biggest hook in the world. Yeah. Uh, now, what about the uh, Netflix introducing comedy thing? Like that was yeah. that like to, that's their inaugural thing. I, I had no idea that that yeah. existed and. Like that's got to be a huge honor. What what happened when you were chose, chosen for that? Did you did yeah. you feel the same thing for the New York Comedy Festival, or was it was it a completely different feeling? I mean, I, it was also very cool and very humbling, and a really cool honor to be a part of that. Obviously, you know, Netflix is the you know elite name in comedy, and something that every comic you know in twenty twenty three strives to be associated with and so yeah to be part of that group chosen at their first festival is kind of like their you know new crop of up-and-coming people or whatever you want to call it was extremely cool and to be able to do like a you know a, a big taping at like a big theater in LA I think the the same week as all of these massive shows were happening and you know, I think now they're going to do this Netflix festival every other year. Mm. And it's just like this big production that, yeah, it felt super, super cool to be a part of. I mean, the preparation for it and the uh, experience of it were different from the album just because it was my hour versus five minutes. And so like, yeah. and I auditioned for it and then got it versus the uh new york comedy festival album taping which was like this thing that i had knew was happening and i was like building towards it and uh personalizing in a major way so both very cool honors and i feel very lucky to have done both of them um in the second half of last year so it's yeah it was awesome do you think this mean like because once you're part of the Netflix family, like they'll they'll keep you in there? You think that they're gonna toss you in the next season of like Shadow and Bone or Alice in the Borderlands? <laughs> Just <laughs> yes, that's my hope. You know, I I think I posted on Instagram after I did the taping. I was like, look, I just want to meet the Oak Jaw guys, please. <laughs> yes, I've done the festival. I did, I did a show 
like they they put me on a show with uh, where I uh, with Bill Burr where I got to uh, oh, wow. host a show that that Bill Burr was um that came on and uh, I was like that's that's all cool I'm so grateful for the taping for God's sake let me meet the Oak Jaw <laughs> and they haven't responded and they've and they've uh, I, they've blocked my email address but hopefully uh, hopefully that will change no I'm just kidding but uh, you know it was. Uh, in, in all seriousness, it's, it is cool being like, you know, t- uh, having that Netflix, I guess, credit and just have it just being tied to them. Because obviously, not only are they the big name in comedy, they're also just kind of, aren't they? They're just kind of a big name in everything, aren't they? For real, yeah. Now, now they're getting into video games. So Are they? Yeah, they have, uh, they bought... Um... The same company that did Oxenfree. I don't know if you know that game. And I don't, but uh, that's that's crazy. It's uh, yeah. They and now if you go on the app on the 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 mobile app, I'm pointing to my phone as if you can see it. If you go on the mobile yeah. app, uh, it that you can download games from it now. And oh, I have so seen that. Great. Yes, yes, yes. There's like a mobile. There's mobile games on yeah. the Netflix app. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's nuts. And I guess maybe they'll do live TV eventually and sports. So mm-hmm. the. The world's yeah. their oyster, I guess. For real. Uh, <laughs> now, I do. I want to ask you about the Great American Joke Off. Oh what, yeah, what was that? Like, I the, I know the CW does comedy things every so often. So yeah, as I watched a trailer for it, and I thought that was a very interesting play for them to have uh, all these names come and do something that I'm like, and no offense to them, but I'm guessing like twenty thousand people saw it in total because I know they don't have the highest ratings. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the what the ratings have been. I mean, the show I think just premiered this past week, but uh, I mean, the CW, they got pretty, they, they do Riverdale, right? I mean, that's pretty big. Yeah. But, but I mean, like even like, even, you know, Riverdale's probably getting like 500, 600,000 viewers. Oh, is it that? See, I, I'm, I'm not familiar. I don't, I, I'm not familiar with the whole, the, the ratings of it all, but I can speak to the show. I mean, basically, uh, it, we shot it in London and it's a play on the great British bake-off, which I'm saying, and I'm sure you knew, I had no idea until <laughs> a few weeks ago. I was like, Oh, I just got it. I just got it. And everyone was like, yeah, you shot that show a year ago. Like, are you okay? And I was like, I didn't under, I had truly no idea. Right. I, I, anyway, but, uh, these panel shows, these kind of comedy panel shows are huge in England. It's sort of like mm. one of the pinnacle, heights of uh you know what what comedians aspire to there and they've never they don't have as much of um cachet here in america and so i think this is a play um to try to make it happen you know and um to sort of take a swing it's made by the people who made uh whose lines is anyway which is you know a british show initially and did isn't necessarily a panel show but you know has been huge in america for several decades now and so they have a great track record and they have a really good track record as well of course in england with a variety of panel shows so like yeah i think it was it was very cool to be a part of um got to work with a bunch of amazing comics and meet uh, a lot of great british comics as well and work with them and yeah, it was a, a cool experience. We had to work a lot and write a lot, but I think it's gonna I I think it's gonna come out great. So I'm I'm excited. My episode comes out uh not this week, but the week this next week. So the 
fifth, the 15th, I want to say something like okay. that. So, all right. Yeah. Friday, I'll definitely the, next Friday. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely give it a a look. I like it's yeah. It's I I I love a good panel show. Uh, Corden James Corden, his show is a panel show, and yes. I I think it kind of translated. But uh, yeah, you're right. The 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 English do love it because the Graham Norton show is just it's amazing. We can get four A list people to just yeah. sit there and talk and you know bounce and riff and, and with each other and and uh, yeah and i love those clips too like those are really fun clips that the that i see with the the that the norton show has and like this is also like very gamified where like you know you're 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 do- kind of doing contests joke off of course kind of doing mm-hmm. contests with each other and like topping people's uh one-liners and everything and so mm-hmm. it's that panel element plus the uh game show element so yeah, it was, it was just a, it was a super cool experience. And I love kind of, you know, going back to our, the initial thing we, we talked, we touched on, like, I love taking, you know, a different avenue of comedy and just kind of like seeing how my brain and style like deals with it and how I fare in like a extremely novel environment, whether it's like yeah. doing a sketch, like the boyfriend thing or, you know, this format, like, a panel show it's like you know uh it's cool to see how my jokes and how my like style works or doesn't work in a different way you know yeah luke uh this has been great i don't want to take out too much of your time and also we only have like three minutes left on this oh, yeah, yeah. free the free yeah, it's talk. been great thank you uh it's like it's amazing you're very smart very funny and very introspective uh, it's, it's, Thank it's you. good. It's good to have a, a comedian who knows what they're talking about and then can also back it up. It's, it's, this has been uh, a joy, truly a delight. Thank you so well, much thank for you. sitting I, down with me. Thanks for having me. And I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. I promise you, I am an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, but no, that, that's, that's, that's really nice. And I thank you for uh, having me on and for, for taking the time and, uh, for such great questions i really appreciate it yeah and is the the album's out the 21st i believe yeah so the 21st the album comes out on uh blonde medicine it's gonna be everywhere apple amazon spotify itunes uh google etc and then also at blondemedicine.com and then on my website and stuff you can order a vinyl if you're a if you're a vinyl person yeah, dude, I uh, I think I think people really do collect those vinyls, especially for uh, stand up. It's uh, it's amazing. I can I can go down to my local vinyl shop and I can see like so many, you know, Red Fox, whomever, whoever is. Yeah, whoever is there. it's great. Yeah. People, you know, I mean, I'm I, however people want to use it. I'm I'm for like I, I love seeing a wall like I, a lot of times I'll see people have a wall with like different vinyl comedy albums that they'll use for like posters basically or they, mm-hmm. if they like listening to it that way i think it's make vinyls making a a big comeback and i, I also like going to my local uh record store and is there's no better feeling than doing i'm, I'm tilting my computer so yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. the that you know that that motion of the um you know flipping thumbing through, through thumbing yeah. through exactly it's a it's and i love that sound it's very satisfying so if anything buy it for the asmr of flipping the album back and forth yeah, buy a couple just just to do that noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like exactly. That a lot.